today's secrets to a happy life. When I was growing up, like many of you, I used to think that one day when this particular thing happened to me, I'd be happy. You know, I, I had that kind of mentality like, I will have arrived. If this happens, I'm happy and I have arrived. Let, let me share some of those moments with you that I thought this will make me happy. I thought when I turned 16 and got my driver's license, I'd be happy. Anybody with me? You know, I thought, I'm going to be happy. Don't need my daddy and mom anymore. Don't have to drive. I will be happy. And I was happy for a moment, but it wasn't like this satisfying, lasting happiness like I thought it would be. You know what else I thought? I thought when I get out of high school, I'll be happy. I'll be on my own. Won't need my daddy and mama. They won't be watching me all the time. I will be happy. And then I went off to college, and I still had to study. And I wasn't as happy as I thought I'd be. You know what I mean? I, I thought, I'd be happy. You know, I thought, here's what I thought. When I get my job, when I get out of college and put all these tests and writing all these term papers, when I get out of college, I will be happy. And then I got out of, a co- I got out of college and moved into this duplex and start paying bills. I'm like, I want to go back to college. I don't want to do this. I mean, I, I finally realized that the way the electricity stayed on is you actually, actually had to pay a bill every month. And I did, it, did, it would make me happy. Then I thought, man, when I get married, I'll be happy. And, and man, I married a great woman of God. We'll be married 15 years this year. The love of my life. I, mean, I love my wife. But to say that, you know, I have this feeling like I thought, like I just have arrived and man, I'm just so happy and sad and I don't need anything else in life. I mean, that, that didn't happen to me. Matter of fact, many of you can relate to me. Come on the first year or two of marriage, you're like, what in the world's going on? You know what I'm saying? Like you're adjusting and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Then you think, you know what? When I, when I have kids, I'll be, I'll be happy. That, that's all I need is having kids. And, and you love your kids, but it wasn't like you just had this moment when you arrived. And we think that, man, when this thing happens to us, we'll be happy. And when it does, we're still not completely happy. What's the secret to happiness. Paul addresses this subject in the book of Philippians chapter 4. We're going to unpack several verses of scripture, but, but the key scripture that I want to just land on for the next moment or two is Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 11. It says, I am not saying this because I am in need. I have learned to be content. Everybody shout content. Oh boy, here we go. Secrets to a happy life. I want you to know that he said, I learned. I had to learn this. It wasn't something I just automatically happened to me. Because I, I thought, you know, when I got this or got that, I got to this place in life or got this job or got, I thought I'd be happy. But I've learned. I had to learn to be content whatever the circumstances. You see, the secret to a happy life is you have to learn to be content. And today what I want to do for the next few moments is I want to share three areas where you have to learn to be content so that you can have a happy life. Listen, a happy life is achievable for you. It's achievable for me. But you will not experience a happy life without this principle that Paul teaches working in your life. Three areas. Number one is this. You have to learn to be content where you are. Be content where you are. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 10, Paul writes this, I rejoice greatly 
in the Lord that at the last at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. And and now Paul tells us how to be content right there in verse number 10. I read it to you again. I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. How? Back up to verse number 10. He says, I rejoice greatly. Everybody shout rejoice. You see, if you're going to be content and you're going to be happy right where you are, you have to learn to rejoice in today. Paul says, I have learned to rejoice. And this was a major quality and a characteristic and attribute in the apostle Paul's life. He learned to rejoice right where he was. Matter of fact, in Philippians chapter 3, verse number 1, he echoes the same thing. Finally, my brothers, rejoice In the Lord, it is no trouble for me to write the same things. I keep writing the same things because I have learned this. If you're going to be content, if you're going to be happy, I'm going to say it and say it again. You got to rejoice. You got to rejoice. I'm going to say it to you again. And it is a safeguard for you. He says the same thing in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 4. Rejoice. Everybody shout rejoice. I want this to sink into your heart. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Friends, the secret to being content and happy is right where you are is you have to learn to rejoice always. You have to learn to rejoice in today, this very day you're living in. Matter of fact, I love how the psalmist said it in Psalms chapter 118 and verse 24. He says, this is the day the Lord has made. I will be glad and rejoice in it. Today's the day that the Lord has made. And you need to be glad. You need to rejoice in today. Every single day is a gift from God. And we need to rejoice and be glad in it. And you know what? There are two reasons why people don't rejoice in today. They're not content with today and don't rejoice in today. The first reason is this. Because there are people who live in the past. They live in the past. You see, you can't rejoice in today when you spend your entire life running backwards. And there's some people that just spend their life running backwards, running backwards, running backwards. I mean, you ever met some of these people? I mean, you talk to them and they're, they're always talking about the good old days. I, let me tell you, I remember when I was in high school, the good old days. I was in high school. I ran track. Oh, I ran track. And they always talk about it. You're like, listen, you're 62. Is anything happening today? But they're running backwards and they're not, they're not happy today. They're not content today. They're not rejoicing in the Lord today because they're running, they're, they're living life in the rearview mirror, man. They're driving backwards. And friends, can I tell you, if you drive backwards, you can never go as fast as you should go in life. You can never accomplish all that God wants you to accomplish going backwards in life. There's a reason that when we walk, we walk going this way forward and not backwards because we can't go near as fast. Matter of fact, I will challenge any of you today to a race. I will beat you. If you run backwards and I run forwards, I'll give you a head start. I'll beat the fastest man in the world if you'll run backwards because you can't go as fast running backwards. And friends, can I tell you, you can't rejoice in today when you're living life backwards. And let me tell you something else. What else happens when you go backwards? It's dangerous. There's a reason we drive our cars going forward. We don't drive them going backwards. It's dangerous living life driving backwards. 
There's a second reason. There's a second reason why, why people don't rejoice in today. There are people who, who are always focused on the past. And the second reason is this. People don't rejoice in today because they're always living life in the future. They're always living life in the future. You, you've met some of these people. Maybe you are one of these people. And people who live life in the future, they always say this, I'll be happy when. Fill in the blank. I'll be happy when. I get the job. I'll, I'll be happy when, like I thought, I get out of high school. I'll be happy when I, I get the car. I'll be happy when I get the house. I'll be happy when I get the boat. I'll be happy when I get married. I'll, I'll be happy when. And when never comes. Because when you get there, you realize, you know what? It's not all cracked up to be what I, what I thought it was. And people live in the future. And you can't enjoy 2012 when you're living in 2013. You can't enjoy today when you're living f- five weeks from now. You have to learn to rejoice in today. And Paul said, no matter the circumstances, I have learned to be content right where I am. I have learned to rejoice. Let me say this to you. The small things are the big things. You keep thinking the big things are the big things. When I get this, when I get that, when I get the raise, when I get the new job. No, no, the small things are the big things. Learn to rejoice in today. I think about my life, the things that make me happy day in and day out. It's the small, it's not the big things. It's the small things. It's going home and eating dinner around the table with my family. It's talking to my wife. And we talk about stuff you wouldn't even care about. If I told you, you'd fall asleep. But it's good to us. We just talk and hang out. It's the little things. Going on a date with my wife. It's playing outside with my kids. It's the little things. It's playing Xbox with my kids. I played Xbox with them yesterday. I almost play almost on a regular, almost every day we play Xbox. We basketball or football or something, you know, and playing with them yesterday. It's the little things. Have fun playing with my kids. And matter of fact, the joystick wasn't working right. I think they've been dropping it too much, and it's not working right on the Xbox. And, I'm fr- and they always give me the broken joystick. You know how that works? It's not working right. I'm frustrated. I said, son, I got to get some more batteries in this joystick. It's not working right. Every day it's not working right. So I said, go get some more batteries. So he goes down and asks Tiffany for some batteries. And he brings back the batteries up. And I was losing. It was halftime. I, I reset the game. <laughs> I'm the daddy. It's not working right. It wasn't fair. We starting over. When you become a daddy, you get to do it too. But I'm the daddy now. It's the little thing. It's the little things. It's, it's, the, it's the little things that, that make life how you got to learn to rejoice in today, today, today. The, the, the small things are the big things. And some of you say, well, I can't rejoice in today. I can't, I can't rejoice because, you know, the, the cars broke down. I can't rejoice in today because the, 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 the plumbing is leaking at the house. I, I can't rejoice in today. Things are not going the way that I wanted work. But listen, Paul said this. He said, rejoice in the Lord. You can rejoice in the day. You can rejoice always because you're not rejoicing in the car. You're not rejoicing in the TV. You're not rejoicing because the joystick on the Xbox is not working right. You're not rejoicing because everything's perfect at work. You rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice. You have to learn to be content right where you are. The little things are the big things. Number two is this. Number two is this. We're talking about some secrets to being happy. Number two is you got to be content with what you have, not just where you are, but with what you have. Paul goes on to say in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 12, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of I shall secret, because it is, it is, it's a secret. A lot of people never 
discover the secret of being content and therefore they're never happy in life. And Paul says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul said, I have learned to be content whether I have a lot or a little, whether I'm eating beans and rice or I'm eating filet mignon. I have learned to be content with what? I have. And friends, one of the secrets to a happy life is to learn to be content with what you have. And the number one enemy, hear me today, the number one enemy that stops people from being content with what they have is comparing what they have to other people's stuff. It's the comparison game. And friends, we can't rejoice in what God has blessed us with when we're always focused on other people's blessings. The Bible says this in Psalms chapter 103 and verse number one and two. It says, praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget, everybody shout forget. I want you to catch that. And forget not all his benefits. You know why the Bible says that? Because we have a tendency to forget God's benefits, his blessings. And the Bible says, listen, listen, don't you forget all of God's benefits and blessings. And verse number five tells us some of the benefits that God gives us. And it says in verse five that God satisfies us with good things. Can I tell you that God has given you and I good things. He's blessed all of us with good things. Now, your good things may not be my good things. And my good things may not be your good things. But God has blessed us all with good things. I want you to hear your pastor today. Those watching online, I want you to hear me today. We're blessed. We're blessed. Let me make it personal. You're blessed. You're blessed. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and with conviction, just tell them this. You're blessed. Oh, come on. That wasn't no conviction. Come on, turn to him and say, you're blessed. You have to say, you are blessed. Stop comparing what you have to other people. You are blessed. Don't forget God's benefits and blessings in your life. Come on, you're blessed. If you can move your arms today, you're blessed. Because there's some folks that can't move their arms. You're blessed. If you can move your legs today, you're blessed. There's some folks that can't move their legs. You're, ble you're blessed in this place today. I want you to hear me today. If you're in this place and, and you're in your right mind, you're blessed today. If, if you're in this place and you ate dinner last night and breakfast this morning and there are people starving around the world, you're blessed if you drove a car to church today, you're one of the wealthiest people on the planet because most people around the world don't even have a car. You're blessed. If you got a job when the economy's recovering from a recession, you're blessed. You're blessed if there's a roof over your head and there are people that don't have something over their head at night, don't have a bed to sleep in. You're blessed. You're blessed. If you could get to church today, there's some folks that can't go to church and worship because their life would be threatened. They'd be killed around this world. But you're here magnifying the Lord. You're blessed. You're blessed. If you're married today, you're blessed. There are a lot of folks that wish they were married and had a companion. You're blessed. If you're single, there's a lot of folks that wish they were. You're blessed. Be happy in your singleness. You're blessed. Quit comparing yourself to everybody. You are blessed. Forget not his benefits. 
the God that satisfies you with good things. You're blessed. And you'll never be happy until you become content with what you have. That's why Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6, but godliness with contentment is great game. You want great game? You want to gain a happy life? You need to be godly. You need to live your life for Jesus. You need to honor the Lord. But there's another part of the equation. You need to be content. Because there are some people that love God but are not happy. Because they're never content with what they have. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Let me just dig a little deeper. Let me dig a little deeper here. You also need to be content with what you have when it comes to your looks and personality. Stop complaining about you. See, some people, they're not happy. It's not because they're comparing their stuff to other people's stuff. They're comparing their looks and personality to other people's. And I'm telling you, you're blessed. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 139 and verse 14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Did you hear that, church? You're fearfully and wonderfully made. He goes on to say, your works are wonderful. And listen, you, you are created wonderfully in God's sight. He goes on to say, I know that full well. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're blessed. I want you to hear me today. You're blessed. Quit comparing yourself to everybody else. Nobody else has your DNA. You're blessed. Nobody else was created to be like you and accomplish what God has called you to specifically accomplish. You're blessed to be exactly how God made you to be. You may be losing all your hair, but you're blessed. You may be wearing somebody else's hair, but you, you'll get it later. You'll get it later. But you're blessed. You're blessed. You may only have three teeth in your mouth, but you're blessed. Work at pork chop. You're blessed. You may be wearing somebody else's teeth in your mouth, but you're blessed. Come on here. You're blessed. You may, be, you may have a few extra pounds today, but you're blessed. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Hear me today. You may have some scars on your body that you're ashamed of and try to cover up, but I want you to know you're blessed. You'll never be happy if you keep comparing who you are to somebody else. Be happy with what God has given you. Be content. A secret to a happy life is be content with what you have. Number three is this. Number three is this. There's a third. I want you to have a happy life. And number three is this. Be content with what you are facing. With what you are facing. Here's what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 12. I want to bring out some fresh insight. He says, I know what it is to be in need. Or in other words, to go through tough times. And I know what it is to have plenty, to go through prosperous times. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, going through tough times. I'm hungry. I don't have anything to eat. I'm hungry. Whether living in plenty or in want, difficult times, I'm in want. Verse 13 says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. That's the context of this or that famous scripture is even when I'm going through adversity and tough times, I can do it with a smile on my face. I can do it and be happy right where I am. I'm content in the middle of the storm. And friends, this is huge for Paul to say because Paul had to learn to be content in every situation and his situations weren't easy. If you're not familiar with the Bible, I encourage you to read this. It'll encourage your heart. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 11, verse 23 through 28, it shares some of what Paul has been through some of his struggles. It talks about how Paul was beaten with rods, how Paul was stoned, not recreationally, 
You'll get that later. He was stoned. He was stoned by people. He was shipwrecked. He was, he was robbed. He was cold and naked outside, cold and naked. He was hungry. He was thirsty. He was thrown in prison. And through all of this, Paul said, I've learned. I've learned the secret to be content in every situation. Matter of fact, when Paul was writing this letter inspired by the Holy Spirit to the church at Philippi, and he was writing rejoice in the Lord always, when he was writing, I've learned the secret to being content. He was actually in a jail cell chained to a Roman guard trying to lift up his hand to write the words, and he was going through a difficult time when he actually wrote rejoice in the Lord always. I've learned the secret to being content right where I am. You see, friends, in all of our lives, there are times that life is difficult. Suffering is inevitable. But misery is always optional. See, you can rejoice in the Lord always. You can be content and happy in the middle of a trial. It reminds me of a story. One day, a farmer was out, and, and he had his donkey. And his donkey was rather old, and, and the donkey fell into a deep well. And the well was a dried up well and, and the donkey is down there and the farmer is trying to figure out for hours how to get his, well, his, his donkey out the well. And finally he just gave up. He said, I can't get this donkey out. I said, well, this donkey's old, the well is old. I'll just bury the donkey and cover up the well. He called some of his friends over, some of his neighbors over, and, and, and quite a few of them began to, to throw dirt into the well to cover up the donkey. And the donkey started crying loudly. He was crying so loud. I mean, maybe the donkey was kind of figuring out what was going on. They're going to bury me. They're, I'm going to die right here in this well. And they continue to throw, and the donkey's crying. And, and as they continue to throw dirt in the well, the donkey stops crying. And they keep throwing dirt, and they keep throwing don't The donkey's not crying. The owner's thinking, well, the donkey must be covered up. And so, and so, so the, 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 the owner of, of the donkey looked in the well, and he noticed something that astonished him. As they were throwing dirt on the donkey's back, the donkey would shake it off and then he would step up. And they would throw dirt on the donkey's back and he would shake it off and he would step up. They'd throw dirt on the donkey's back and he would shake it off and he would step up. And he just kept shaking it off and stepping up. All of a sudden, he got to the top of the well and he shook it off and he stepped up one more time. And he walked right off the well and trotted off. And the moral of the story is you will get dirt thrown on your back in life, but you got to learn to shake it off and step on up. At your workplace, they may be throwing dirt on your back. Shake it off and step on up. At home, they may be throwing dirt on your back. Shake it off and step on up. Your friends may be throwing dirt on your back. Shake it off and step on up because you can be content right where you are. Shake it off and rejoice in the Lord. Always, I say it again, rejoice! In life, you will face difficulty. Suffering is inevitable, but, but misery is optional. Shake it off and step up. Reminds me of a story of a man named Horatio Spafford. true story. Horatio was a man that lived in the 1800s, had five kids, a lovely wife named Anna. Horatio was a businessman and lawyer in the Chicago area. He loved the Lord. Horatio and his wife Anna had one son, and he died at the age of, age of four from a 
fever. So the four precious girls left. Horatio and his wife decided, let's go on a vacation. And they decided to go to England. There was a famous preacher, some of you have heard his name, named D.L. Moody, from the Chicago area. And he was going to be in England preaching a crusade. And so they decided to go over to England to spend time on vacation. And Horatio decided to send his wife and kids on over and said, hey, I'll meet you all there. I've got to take care of some things with the business, and I'll meet you there. I'll be coming shortly to meet you for vacation. And as his wife and his daughters were sailing on the ship to go to England, another vessel hit the ship. And 226 people died, including his four daughters. Horatio's baby girl, he had a one girl, 11 years old, named Anna, a nine-year-old named Margaret Lee, a five-year-old named Elizabeth, and a two-year-old named Tanita. Only person in his family left was his wife, Anna. And when Anna got to England, she wrote her husband Horatio a letter, and he received the letter, and he saw that his kids had died. Two years earlier, his son had died, and now his four daughters are dead. No doubt he was in pain and agony. Grief, dirt had been thrown on his back. And Horatio Spafford cruised on the ship, went to the ship, and sailed on the ship to meet his wife in England. And as he was on the ship, he wrote the words to this famous song. Would you listen to this song and let it bless your heart today? When peace like a river attended my way, when sorrows like sea billows shake it off. You can be happy no matter what you're facing. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say rejoice. Your marriage may be struggling. Shake it off and step up. You can rejoice right where you are. Money may be tight. Shake it off. Step up and rejoice in the Lord always. You may not have talked to your babies in two years. Shake it off. Lord, I'll be happy right where I am. I rejoice in the Lord. It is well. I'll be content right where you have me. I'll bless the Lord at all times. Oh, you can bless the Lord in the middle of trouble, in the middle of trials, in the middle of difficulty. It's well. It's well. It's well. Everything's all right. It's well. 
I will bless his name. I will bless his name. bless you, we magnify you, we honor you, we bless the name of the Lord. In the middle of trials and difficulty and adversity, Lord, we choose to rejoice. Difficulty, Lord, happens in life. Suffering is inevitable, but misery is optional. In the middle of trials and difficulty, Lord, we're like Horatio Spafford. It is well with our soul, and we rejoice in the Lord always. And again, we say, rejoice. This is the day the Lord has made. And I will, I choose, I will, I will be glad and rejoice in it. We bless you, Lord.